doesn't you know make you a whole lot of water doesn't bog my system down it's just a really good i think it's a take look if you're going to get a freebie from the three of us <laughs> one of the best cycles you can take are those three <laughs> compounds right there What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill and Andrew Barry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. I get my collagen from them. I drink it every morning. Ask me if you have any other questions about any other supplements. I'd be happy to talk to you. We're also brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK. Lots of great health perform health supplements over there and great health stacks. And of course, go to um, supplementsource.ca for you Canadians. I've seen some really good deals over there. They change week to week, so keep checking back. Finally, thank you to everybody from Patreon. We're going to knock out a Q&A episode right now with all your questions from uh, YouTube. And by the way, uh, if you want to take part in the next show, then definitely comment on this episode in YouTube, and we will be happy to take your questions on the following show. So topic of the day we're going to start with before we get to the questions. Uh, one of our listeners sent us one, which was... Uh, he asked, really, what are the differences between Trinase versus Trini, DECA versus NPP? What are the pros and cons to the long-acting versus the short-acting version of these 19 NOR compounds? Where do we want to start with this, guys? Maybe we start with how things were, how things have historically gone in the sense that, um, you know, back, back in the day, like in Arnold's day, you never heard about NPP, you never heard about Trend Ace, you never really heard about Test Prop, you heard about testosterone, which I assume was Cypionate or Enantiate, and DECA, which is a longer ester compound. And it's yeah. really probably, you know, from the 90s to the 2000s to the 2010s to today. I mean, today we have like methyl one trend. We have everything. You know, yeah, we, we, have, we have, you know, test base, we have test suspension, we have things that are in and out of your system in a matter of, you know, 45 minutes versus a longer ester compound like nandrolone, uh, uh, nandrolone undecanoate, DECA, uh, like your testosterone, um, cypionate, and some of the other longer ester compounds that take longer to break down for your, for your body to metabolize the compound and the drug within. Yeah. So I just think... I think that's probably a pretty good place to start and maybe you know skips obviously the oldest one in the group and he's probably maybe back in the day all he had access to was deca and maybe test uh, cypionate maybe not though maybe, maybe trend was on the market when he was a when he was a young chap ready to put the turkey base for the glutes 20 21 or 22 years old i was making that in my closet uh i we called it yeah we called it pond scum well that was when the um recipe was in what was it muscle media 2000 i believe yeah. i learned about so it on I'm, probably your board skip actually oh yeah, okay. yeah i may have dated myself with that it was just <clears throat> excuse me holy i'm choking on my <clears throat> when you get old <clears throat> you choke on your own spit okay so <laughs> i mean i remember it sitting in my closet on my filing cabinet because i had a short filing cabinet yeah which is where i kept everything locked away because i had kids and the thought of one of my kids going to school with something incriminating was a night was nightmarish to me but anyway i had it sitting on there you know you got your filter and everything else and you're just waiting patiently and it always came out i mean come on it came out with that film in it, and it was all scummy. So you're talking about the pellets. You were using. Yeah, yeah, you, you were yeah. breaking down yeah. the pellets. The fin yeah, and cart. you would buy the pellets at the yeah. what? The feed store, basically. Yeah. I got You'd mine go through rural. the mail. Oh, okay. You so got we yours would what? just go rural through the mail. 
Me I just, too. I put a I put an order in through like the animal food, you know, depot or something yeah. like that. Or a couple Finajack yeah. carts. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah access then was limited, that I admit. So then in I don't want to get off on this tangent, but the, I know the obvious question is, or people tend to think that the advancement in physiques these days is because of access to so many more compounds. But I will tell you this, back then everything was legit. I mean, you had the tiny little blue bottles of D-Ball. You had the, the Syntax Anadrol coming straight from a pharmacy. Yeah. It was it was pretty crazy, and everything was legit. So now you have to battle on what is and what isn't and what's overdosed and underdosed. Do you guys think, really? I mean, I'm not, I don't want to lead, I guess, by asking it this way, but what part do you think that the change in compounds or the change in esters plays into physiques being better these days? Go ahead, Scott. Well, man, you know, the, you are right, you know. the And then not only is it is it, you know, the pharma-grade stuff versus the UGL, but if it's pharma, is it counterfeit? And if it's counterfeit, is it real? Is there still real compound in it? I've gone as far now as seeing, um, I remember seeing a Boston, Poland, and they had this crappy old apartment where they had an actual amp machine. Where they were making just churning oh, out wow. test amps, yeah. And I mean, you wouldn't think that they were doing pharmaceutical stuff in here because that place looked pretty dang dusty and dirty. It looked like a construction site, basically, with uh, this big old amp turner in it. So, what the question is is, what are you saying exactly? Is well, just is with, the how much, the, with the advancement, yeah, how much yeah. did the drugs play as far as the change of not only esters but just compounds themselves? Yeah, I, I, think, I won't say you know, it doesn't play into it. I'll say that. this. I'll say this. I think that bigger than that would be our understanding of the compounds that, right. you know, back then it might have been like, I'll tell you what, I remember my dad's friends in the 80s. I talked to them years later. I didn't know they were they were using gear, but years later they told me uh, and, and like a cycle might have been like one amp a deca every two weeks. You know, mm -hmm. or, or one vial a deca every two weeks, so 200 milligrams. Like that was the cycle, you know? And I think nowadays people are not only using a lot more, but we understand how these half lives work. We're not just relying on, you know, what the guy who sold it to us in the, in the locker room is telling us. So I think the big advancement is in the technology, is, is what I would say. I had a little technology behind me. Yeah, yeah I can't disagree with that. I, I do think that. You know, the knowledge that we have in terms of like dosing frequency, uh, proper dosing, like for, for, well, for example, you know, we saw a time period where, you know, I think we're getting out of that now where doses just kept on creeping up and up yeah. and up. And we'd see right. someone cycle online or we'd see on the message boards, someone would type in their cycle or their cycle that their friend was doing. It was probably them. They just didn't want to admit it. But they said, oh, my <laughs> buddy's doing 2000 MIGs a test, 1000 trend, 1000 EQ. And everyone would be like, dude, your buddy shouldn't be doing that when really it was really the guy probably doing it himself. Yeah. But I think now, you know, and because Scott, you touched on technology and, and, and knowledge. I think we're, we're, we're now to the point where we're realizing and we're trying to take as little as possible to get the same aesthetic result that we were getting in the past. And and one compound that comes to mind with that is trend. You know, I think about five, six years ago, you were seeing trend doses go up to 100 megs a day, in oh, some cases, easy. 200 milligrams a day.
day. Yeah. And now we're seeing like a lot of guys are coming in, in the contest prep saying I use 30 to 50 milligrams a day tops towards the end of end of my prep or 100 migs every other day. That was unheard think, of back then, yeah. like unheard yeah. of in those yeah. earlier higher dose days. Exactly. Yeah. But I do think, you know, when I look at when I because I mentioned Arnold's era where they had access to like testosterone, D-ball, um, DECA, um, I really never heard of those guys in that time period using Trenbolone, using Masteron, using um, Halotestin, uh, you know, maybe Winstrol. But yeah, I, I just don't, I, I do think that those compounds have played a role in the physiques that we see today in terms of the sharpness, the dryness. Um, you know, I mean, what, what does DECA and testosterone do? They make you hold water. I, I never heard right. about those guys even mention antiestrogens or, you know, how to control aromatase uh, from that time period. Maybe I just haven't seen, you know, the right sources, but, but I do think that the knowledge, as Scott pointed out, is like the biggest thing because we know how to control those variables now. But look at the conditioning then versus now. So what part did that play into esters too? Yeah. Because the esters were so much longer and the conditioning wasn't anywhere near the level that it is now. I will and not necessarily correct you, but I do want to point out that there was parabolic. Yeah. You can correct so me. So there okay. still yeah, 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 was. Right. I mean, there was still was in the, in a sense and that disappeared for such a long time. Then it came back and it's funny because it comes back and – and I don't think it's that great of a – and I never used it when I was younger. That was too young for me. Uh, Parabon exited roughly – I mean, it's it's hard to tell because back then we were limited to the to the pond that we were swimming in. You know, at that time, it was primarily local. You didn't get to speak with people even outside of your state typically, let alone globally. But Parabon wasn't around much at all past maybe like 85-ish, 85-86. And, I mean, I was in Sports Illustrated reading the Tony Mandrich list of gear that he took, and that's when I started calling the pharmacies going, can I get this? What do I need to get this? Uh, and I told that story before because then someone said, is this Ken Hill? Yeah. <laughs> Click. <laughs> it was a small town. It was a small yeah. town. But anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I was referring more to like I, – because I never, ever read anything about like Arnold or Louis uh, Ferrigno or guys from that era um, using Tremblant. If someone sees something like that and can correct me, I'm, I'm – Serge. Serge Nubray was the one who was credited with bringing it over. And yeah. then he had like the, – the rumor was that when he came from France – he literally brought an entire suitcase full uh, of the stuff, and that, like that was his thing. But I don't know why Arnold and the guys they they didn't just they they definitely weren't hot on it like everybody is nowadays. Yeah, yeah. you know, when talking to to Dave Tate the other day, we were talking about just how like train train is like mainstream popular now. I mean, I've yeah. heard people mention it on local radio shows. Like, you know, I hear the guys are taking a a, a, a steroid that they call Tren. And it does this and this to you. And people are like, wow. And there's this lore that exists around it. Mm-hmm. Now, it is definitely a different compound. We weren't using it then, but I think so much has changed. Like, as a coach, like, think about this aspect, Skip. Like, think about the nutrition stuff. Like, we know so much more about nutrition now. Sure compared to then and from what i understand a lot of those guys didn't even do cardio they just like trained more Mm -hmm. in their contest season Mm -hmm. so i think there's probably a lot of factors but the technology went up in the drugs in the training and in the nutrition and i think that's why we really see such a crazy difference in in physiques today well we also had the next generation 
We also had the next generation too, and I've said this over and over, and I know some people disagree. They disagree in the comments on YouTube, and that's fine. But being around as long as I have, the next generation always genetically outdoes the previous generation. It's, it's not just in bodybuilding. It's, it's in baseball. It's in track. Uh, the next generation will typically run faster. There's going to be another, you know, you say oh. Usain or Usain Bolt. I mean, there's going to be another oh. Derek Jeter. There's going to be, you know, another and Barry Bonds. I know you have something, Andrew, but I just want to say, guys, we can switch the name of the topic to old school versus new school steroid use. <laughs> but just remember, we're also we're talking about yeah. trend E versus trend A, right. yeah. uh, you know, DECA one, versus NPP. One question, one question for both of you guys. When do you think the best five-year period of bodybuilding competing at the IFBB level was? Well, it was in the 90s, so narrow it down to which which five years okay. in the 90s. Well, okay, I think we would all agree that the 90s. Well, I just want to point out, because I say this all the time, because you were saying, and I do generally agree with you, that every generation, every new generation outdoes the genetics in some level, or basically outdoes the physiques of the generation before. I think that's 100% true in every other sport. Bodybuilding, I just don't think we will ever see the stars align to have – the mixture of Ronnie, Sean Ray, Kevin Lavroni, Flex, like all those guys, Nasser, competing at the same time. You take one of those guys, and today, they're Mr. Olympia, right? Do we do we disagree? You got a pretty good a pretty good argument there. It, it, that is true. I think I'm thinking more genetics from a structural standpoint. I get you because the game itself and the condition and size has changed. And I understand we're getting off topic. I, yeah, let me. I'll tell bad. you what, and, and it's not your fault. I took it there. What I, I guess we probably should focus on is what do we think the the main like what the positives are the main benefits of or the differences between the shorter esters and long esters? I know myself, you know, you touched on the water retention and and that sort of thing. I'm saying too from a health standpoint, not just a a um, you know how we view the physique and, and condition and things like that, but you know the stress on the the heart and the kidneys with higher blood pressure, things like that. I tend to think that that comes from the hot, the longer esters, and it also takes longer, obviously, for blood levels to build and blood levels to come down, which is another reason that I don't think PCT was anywhere near as necessary years ago because the esters were longer. You could essentially self taper, where when you're on shorter esters, you can't do that because you have such an abrupt drop in blood levels that you have to be careful. You either have to be very careful and have a system to be able to taper those shorter esters or you're going to have to do and or you're going to have to have some type of PCT to kick the HTPA back online. And if you're down with that, you're down with OPP. All right. So what are the differences? So we have, you know, let's let's look at the half-lives. I think that's what people are probably tuning in to hear. So, so DECA is going to take several weeks to really build up, right? And it, it, let's not be wrong. It is working. I mean, you guys would agree with that, right? Because remember back in the day, we used to say, like, it takes five weeks for DECA to kick in. And yeah. until that time, you know, DECA's not doing anything at all. And then right. week five hits and boom. But, you know, so you do have the DECA in your system versus you're going to get that faster from NPP. Now, same thing with, and you are kind of alluding to this too, I think, Skip. And then the same thing with trend, trend A versus trend E. So they're going to, they're, it's going to, trend A is going to, you know, be in your system, build up faster. Trend E is going to take longer. They also take longer to, to get down. Now, you were saying something about side effects. You think the side effects are higher than from the longer asters? I do. And I, I, you know, I've talked about this before, even, you know, longer trend versus shorter trend. I won't use a longer ester trend anymore, ever. It, 
it, and I'm going to throw this out here because I know people are going to blame all oh, it has to do with the skip load. But because of that, my methodology, my principles involved with skip loading, when I'm on trend ace versus when I'm on trendy, I'm going to blow up after a skip load. Okay. I mean, to the point where I'll be, my electrolytes sometimes can be, if I'm really depleted, will be so out of whack that, say, hypothetically, I'm trying to go upstairs after a baseball game and my glutes are cramping. <laughs> yeah. And it took me a long time to figure out that that was related to that longer ester and the, um, the longer esters, primarily the trend, that I was holding a significantly more or a significantly higher amount of water than on the shorter esters. That's one very um, dramatic or one one variable that's way out there. I understand that everyone's not like that. It's kind of extreme. But it took me that long to figure that out. That's just one example. So in law, you know, in this sport and in what we do, even if you don't know you're going to be in this game for a long time, you still need to have longevity in your health at the forefront. And if you don't, I mean, you just don't know how long you're going to be in it. And the longer you're in it and the longer you're not paying attention to health, you're going to open yourself up to those types of, of problems. Yeah, I think, you know, it comes down to when you're on something like Trenny or like a DECA and you're having a negative side effect, knowing that those are longer esters, it means you're going to be stuck with those negative side effects a lot longer. Whereas if you're using a shorter ester compound, you see something you don't like. And I think this is really important for women that use PEDs. If you see something you don't like, you can literally pull it out or, or lower the dose, cut the dose in half, and you're going to mitigate that side effect immediately. Yeah. And I say more for women because if, if a girl wakes up one day and she's got a little growth downstairs that she doesn't want, that ain't going to go away if you're taking a longer estered compound. You know what I mean? Whereas if you're just using Anivar or you're just using a shorter estered compound, it's in and out. You can pull it, pull it right out, and you're going to mitigate that side effect immediately. And I think you know when we talk about trend, you know, trendsomnia, the insomnia that people get, that's a big oh, thing. Yeah. I think when you're doing one shot of trend, you know, E at 400 milligrams a week, uh, you know, and you're getting trend insomnia, you're probably stuck with that for the whole week after the second or third day. Whereas if you're dosing it every other day or daily, okay, well now I can just lower my dose 20 milligrams or 50 milligrams, whatever I'm doing. And yeah. I can experiment with that, that, that next night and see how I'm doing and see that side effect go away. Heck, I've yeah. skipped a shot of Trend Ace and, and, you know, gotten improvement. Like, oh, now I can sleep again. And, you know, I'll give it a couple of days and then maybe start building it back up at a lower dose. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I found that to be really helpful. I think overall, I prefer personally, uh, with contest prep, I prefer especially, I prefer Trend Ace. Just out the gate, I never, ever like to use Trend E personally. I want to be able to have that control not only not only to be able to mitigate side effects, but also for the positive effect too. Mm -hmm. You know, if we start low and we add a little bit in, then we kind of see like, well, what are we getting out of that? And then maybe after a couple of weeks of that, we decide we're at the real low end. We've got room to go up and everything's going really well. We could then add maybe a small amount and then push that a little further. And we get to see those results within the same week. We don't have mm -hmm. to wait two weeks down the road, you know? And it's like that becomes a lot more of a dynamic way of you know controlling things when you're trying to get a very specific look for one day you know what i mean yeah. it's like you get just better control with it in my experience mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. so what about um what about now the the drawbacks though of of a short ester drug let's look at npp what would be some because i i think 
for the most part, I think we all are in the same camp that like trend is not our first go-to off-season compound. So if I'm thinking off-season, I'm probably going to, if I was to pick one of those two things, I'd probably pick more of like the, the Nandrolone side of things, the, you know, DECA, NPP side of things. What would be like pros and cons? Let's look at it that way. Pros and cons of DECA versus NPP for an off-season. The one that jumps out for me the most, I think, for shorter esters is I think a lot of people don't dose them as frequently as they should. That's one, because you can have, if you're not dosing the shorter esters correctly, you're going to have more of this up and down, wavy type, and you want those blood levels to stay as stable as possible. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um Again, Look, coming back to the control, what you said, I you already touched on it, so I, you got you covered that. What else you got, Andrew? I mean, some, nothing you haven't already said. Less water retention. Uh, you usually see a more controlled or a more expected uh, rate of conversion to estrogen, especially if you know yourself. And, and by know yourself, I mean you know, like how you how you you know your rate of conversion based off of X amount of drug, and you can titrate up or down, and then also titrate the AI that you're using appropriately. So, for instance, like I always tell people, like when when I'm like they're like, how much AI should I take? And let's say we're just talking about testosterone, like 500 mg a week. I'm like, I honestly have no idea. I have some general opinions of probably what will work, but the very best thing to do is let's get you on 500 mg of test for two weeks. Let's go test your labs based off of maybe we're taking half a mg of Marimidex three days a week. And let's see if we need to either increase that or decrease that to bring you into range. And I think you can do the same thing with DECA or NPP. NPP, in my opinion, is much more predictable than DECA because I've seen some people that convert DECA uh, uh, to estrogen at a much higher rate than, than, um, than other compounds. And it should be noted too, because someone will bust us on this because someone there's always that guy out there. NPP is not ridiculously short. It's not like DECA, you know, we were talking about the number. I was giving arbitrary numbers to try to make the point. If DECA is a 10, you know, maybe a, I, I forget what Andrew said, but I had, I think I had an NPP at a six or a seven. I think you might have even said a seven. It's That's not like test. Yeah, it's not like test enanthate versus test, you know, probe. I call it probe. Andrew calls it prop. I don't even know. I used to call it hy hypertrophy, so it is what it is. I, I say uh, prop when it's the four-letter word. I say propionate when I say four-letter yeah, word. Exactly. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But it, there's not this dramatic or this huge contrast between between NPP and DECA like there is between an enanthate and a, and a probe. So it's a shorter ester, but it's not – it's not super short. It's, it's I just want to make that clear so nobody busts us on that. So off season cycle, how would NPP? How would that be added into a plan? Would you just do like a test NPP or you know test Deca? It, like, get, how about this? Can you combine the two of them? Is there any benefit or reason to do that? I wouldn't see one. Would you? No, I, me. I've never ever ever done that with somebody. It just doesn't. Now I have with tests. To me. Well, that's tests different. different. Test pro. Yeah. I'm, I'm big different. on a fifty-fifty split there, even yeah. in the off season. I do like that because I think it helps the blood levels to stay. You get the shorter ester, and it helps them to main those blood levels to maintain and be a little bit more stable. But when you get to an MPP and a deck, I just think that the MPP is not short enough to really make a big difference. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I can't remember the last time I told someone to take Deca. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there fan. with you. I'm not yeah, a big Decca fan either. I, I mean, if it's a new guy who's 25, new to new to gear, he did one 500 mega cycle uh, of test cycle, and he's like, okay, what's another? I guess the traditionalist in me would say, okay, let's try 500 megs of test, 500 megs of Deca. You know, maybe because I feel like everyone should go through that because I did. I'm sure you guys did in, in your uh-huh. earlier years, and it, it was. You know, maybe it's just respect for the older generation of the compounds they used and what they got out of their efforts in using those compounds with their training and nutrition. And maybe I just feel like, you know, that's literally the only situation. And I can't remember the last time, though, that I recommended it. In terms of NPP, though, I really like to do a combination of like test, EQ, and NPP. Yes, that's my favorite cycle. (laughs) That's That's my favorite cycle. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot of people's favorite cycle (laughs) because, you know, you're you're getting the test made, you're getting, um, you know, you're hitting an Andrew pathway uh you're getting everything so i what i like to do is you know let's say it's a guy who's 225 to 250 right yeah just somewhere around you know 800 tests per week 600 800 eq and probably 75 to 100 milligrams of npp every other day and that will probably be the base of their off-season cycle until a lot of times I will, you know, four or five weeks before we decide to shut the cycle down, I'll pull the MPP out and I will add trend in and it's place at like 50 megs a day. Mm-hmm. We'll call it a cleanup period. You read sense. my freaking mind. Like you, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you really did. Like that's, that was my best cycle, like my oh, best stop. favorite cycle ever. Like yeah, that hands down, hands down, hands down. No, well, well, here was the thing. It was back in the day when I was still like fascinated with long esters and short esters and how to make the perfect cycle. And and I really did. I loved EQ, but for me, I felt like it really came into its own later in the cycle. And EQ isn't a, isn't a product that I would take and then see huge visual differences, you know, out the gate. I do. Do you? But down <laughs> do. the road, but if I'm trying to grow muscle down the road, I just, I look in the mirror one day and I'm like eight weeks in, I'm like, wow, I look noticeably different. And I compare that to, like, say, D-ball, where the second weekend you're like, oh, my God, I'm so pumped. You know, I, I, I don't get that. So then I thought to myself, huh. But my dosing was a little different. And this is, like, at my all-time highest. I was, like, you know, uh, quad digits test. And then, like, 700, 800 EQ. And then, like, just 200, 300 NPP for the first half. And then from there, maybe switch that for the last six weeks to uh, like maybe 50 trend every other day, maybe La 40, maybe something like that. And I, I felt like that third compound, the fast acting compound, didn't need to be that high when right. I was already running higher level other stuff, 750 to 1000 test, maybe Agreed. 700, 800 EQ. To me, that was a jam. And there might have been a little bit of injectable D ball from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I do break my own rule with EQ. EQ for me is the exception when yeah, it comes you, to a longer ester. I okay. do, and and someone may be thinking that too. Like, wait a minute, you said you like EQ, and I do. I love it. I respond very, very well to it. I always have. So in off season, it's funny that you. Maybe it's not funny. The test NPP um, EQ cycle. Our experience and the amount of cycles that we have seen and done uh, over the years brings us to this point where we all agree without knowing it that that's that freaking is weird. Arguably, and my thing is that I don't <laughs> need. I've had clients say, "Well, I don't want to change. Why? Why are we not changing up? I want to change up. Why?" Yeah, mm-hmm. I will do that same site and I'll do it when I'm cutting. Sometimes if I'm not yeah. thinking, if I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to get lean. I'm going to, it still works just as well. It doesn't water you down. 
doesn't you know make you hold a lot of water doesn't bog my system down it's just a really good i think it's a take look if you're gonna get a freebie from the three of us <laughs> one of the best cycles you can take are those three compounds right there damn well, all right we I should end this thing we gotta just yeah, that on. was a pretty we, good wrap right there if you think it really about, was yeah. yeah do you so have something else but, you want to say though andrew well, I just want to say because, you know, sometimes we've been accused of like withholding secrets or withholding some kind of extra information. Neither of us went into this telling each other beforehand, no. just EQ and PP. And we both, <laughs> right. all three of us are like, that is the cycle, a great off-season cycle. <laughs> yeah. so how did, I, I just think, yeah, go ahead. How did we never have this conversation before? Like how many times have we talked about gear and right. we never had this yeah, conversation before? It's wild. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I'll say this. Have you guys ever done DECA and Trend together? I have not. I have. I have NPP and Trend, yeah. I will say it was the worst thing I ever did for my health. And really? I, I had labs done before the cycle. I had labs done like eight weeks in, and, and it was enough to make me – this is about 12, 14 years ago. Make It, it was enough to make me say, oh, I need to stop now. Like yeah. HDL went to – well, I want to say nine or eight even like very quickly. And it was like 43, 44, only eight weeks prior. And then there were several other markers. So I literally, I wrote an article up on mountain dog diet about it, about how I fixed my lipids and how I fixed, you know, other markers and whatnot. And I was taking probably 40 different health supplements and TRT only. And yeah, it was for me, at least it was a major detriment to my health. It never was for me. I, I was fortunate enough to have good blood markers until 2013, and I don't know if I've combined the two since then. But back when in, in the 2000s, um, that uh, it happened more than a few times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. We're trying a new format here. We're do instead of getting one one hour show, we're trying to do two. 30 minute shows per week so you guys will have more content overall more often um so unfortunately we're, we're working on our formatting here so we we went super super long on this topic uh we'll leave it at this and then we will come back and we will do a q a so you guys will be hearing from us now you'll be getting us twice a week and i'm sure as we go that'll probably kind of stretch but the reality is some people like the longer one show some people like the shorter show some people want longer two shows in fact there's some of you guys that would wish that we did like a three hour show every day the reality is we can't do that so we're messing around with the uh algorithms we'll say and we're going to wrap it up here uh, if you guys want to check out uh, any of us for coaching, feel free to reach out. Go to teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip there. Uh, hit me up over at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. You can hit Andrew up at bodyberry.com. And if you want to learn about our favorite off-season cycles, well, you already know. You guys already figured it out. We gave it away here. For another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Come back soon for our Q&A. 